That guy can do it all. Can preach. If you weren't here last Sunday, he preached two of the best messages you'll ever hear. And, uh, and we knew he could do that. Marsha's been just saving him in the vault to break that out. So great job, buddy. Great job. Hey, do I need to dismiss children? Yep, Children's Church. Thank you. Miss Renee's there in the lobby. Uh, kids up to third grade, if you'd like to worship together, we're glad you're here. We also believe it's a big deal to be in church. Give them a hand, all right? Amen. Amen. Does anybody know what's going on tonight at 5 o'clock? Caroling. If it is 10 degrees, we will eat more sloppy joes than we sing. Okay? So you come and join us at 5. We'll be out for a little while. Then we'll come back and have some fellowship tonight. 5 o'clock, not 6, okay? So come be part of that. I want you to take your Bible this morning. Dolores, it's good to see you all here today. I want you to take it, and I want you to join me in Matthew chapter 5. You'll say, well, wait a minute, Brother Greg, Luke 2, Matthew 2, Matthew chapter 5, Matthew chapter 5. Because there is a tendency, I believe, to leave Jesus Christ in a manger in Bethlehem. Meaning we worship at Christmas, and we talk about the virgin birth of Christ and the miracle of all miracles, and we leave the Christmas story in several chapters in Scripture, and for many, when Christmas is over, we leave, and I think Jesus is still in the manger. Well, this morning, Matthew chapter 5, Jesus is now discipling his believers. He's giving them instruction for the Christian life. And brothers and sisters, this morning, when we think of gifts, be reminded that a gift is something that is given but a gift also has to be something that is received. Cody mentioned some great gifts last week, and I'm a little bit hurt that our Advent candle lighters would call to attention my choice of uns- or as seen on TV gifts. Several years ago, I, I was all in. I couldn't believe it. The lady was actually demonstrating something that I felt like I could not live without. It was called a one, two, three, ready, set, go. The promise was you could make pizzas in seven minutes. Kyle was dating Stacy at the time, and he's a pizza lover. And I thought, I'm going to get the perfect man gift, and every night, because he was at our house 360 days that year, I'm going to fix us a pizza. And I remember when we got it, I was so excited and, and seven minutes. And the first one came out and it tasted a little bit like burnt biscuit dough. And then I said, we're going to do it again, seven minutes. And as I stood there, I began to hear something pop. Like, and I said, Kyle, what is that? Then I heard it again, so I thought I'd better look at it. And as I looked at it, the handle was melting onto the unit. I've never been so disappointed in my life. Ready, set, go, as seen on TV. A gift is something that is given. Listen to me. But a gift is also something that is received. 
It's not a gift if it doesn't exchange hands. Okay? Well, when you think about Matthew chapter 5, this lesson that Jesus is teaching his disciples, I believe, has a Christmas message for us this morning. And we begin in verse 21, Matthew 5. This is the heart of the Beatitude, the Sermon on the Mount. The Beatitudes have been read. Jesus is pouring into his followers. And here's what he says, verse 21. You have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not murder, and whoever murders will be in danger of the judgment. Here, Jesus is referring to the Old Testament. I believe he's referring to the Ten Commandments. He's saying, you've heard it, you know it. But I say to you, that whoever is angry with his brother without a cause. I want you to circle without a cause. Whoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment. And whoever says to his brother, Raka, shall be in a danger of the council. But whoever says, you fool, shall be in danger of hell fire. Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar, and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar, and go your way. First, be reconciled to your brother, and then come and offer your gift. Father, I pray this morning that your Holy Spirit would speak again, that we would hear you, that our spirits would bear witness of your word, and Lord, whatever individual application that, that we have for ourselves today, I pray your Holy Spirit would just take it and move it and that we would sense it and we would receive it well. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You see, when you think about Christmas and when you think about gifts, oftentimes there are things that we don't feel like are gifts. And here Jesus says, when you come to the altar, and I want to remind the church family this morning of a very important thing we're going to drive home. Listen to me. Quit viewing the front of the church as the stage. This isn't some show. This isn't something that we're trying to win your approval. We're here this morning to worship the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And when I give an invitation, quit reaching for your coat. Quit acting like the service is over. Because it might just be God's dealing with somebody's heart and they might be ready to respond. They might be ready to come home. You might be ready to get right with God. And here I am being a distraction to you when God is speaking, maybe at the most pivotal time of our time of worship. I don't say that to be mean. I don't say that because I'm watching you do that. What I, I want us to be on guard of those things. Because what the devil would want is for us to come to the show every Sunday morning. What the devil would want is for you to be so distracted that you cannot hear something, that, that you can't receive it. Uh, uh, maybe, maybe you're busy watching other people. And I know how our, our building is laid out. I'm telling you, when you sit over and right and when you sit over and left, you can see everything that happens in the building, okay? And let me tell you, last week it was a great blessing. In the early service, I sat back where Kurt and Shelley are sitting with Renee, and it was kind of refreshing to worship with a church looking this way. And then, because we're so used to looking at you this way, 
And folks, I'm here to tell you that when you begin to make a, a conscious decision, hey, I'm on my way to church this morning. I'm not here to, to gauge whether or not I like Brother Greg's message. I know he's gonna preach one from the Bible. I love the Bible, so that's good enough for me. And I know we're gonna sing Christmas songs. We're one week away from Christmas. Can you believe that? Christmas Eve service, five o'clock. Hey, look at me, Greg Porter. Worship service next Sunday morning, 10.45 only, okay? No Sunday school. If you come early, you're gonna be a greeter. All right? But we're gonna, have a, we're gonna, we're gonna worship the Lord. I tell you, I, I am so confused by a culture where churches are wondering if they're gonna have worship on Christmas Day. And I know, Brother Greg, you're old school and you're, you're an old preacher now, stuck in the mud. I don't care what you think. If a preacher doesn't wanna preach the gospel on Christmas Day, get out of the ministry. My goodness, that's like saying it's Easter Sunday, we're busy with our family, we, be, we better not go to church. Folks, that's what it's all about. It's what it's all about. You'll say, well, Brother Greg, don't be so hard on these folks that are doing it way better than us. I'm not saying they're doing it way better than us. There are plenty better preachers than the one you have, but listen carefully. There is no preacher that can preach the gospel any better than I can because the gospel does not change. See, it's about the gospel. It's about Jesus. It's not about us. We gotta quit trying to impress people. Yesterday morning, went to the Shawnee Metro basketball game, walked into the gym, and I thought, these parents have lost their mind. I wanted to say this to a parent. I didn't. You're the exact reason your son will quit basketball before he's in seventh grade. Quit trying to be somebody else. Jesus is not teaching his disciples, Cody, to be somebody else. He's saying if you really want to experience the power of God in your life, when you come to the altar, when was the last time you came to the altar? For some of you, you you've never been. You gave your life to Christ maybe at home or in VBS or somewhere like that, and then you were baptized. For, for some, you've never come forward recognizing any need in your life. And, and I'm telling you, if God is going to send revival, it's gonna happen when believers get right with God. And it might include being humble and getting on your knees and God breaking your heart and tears flow down like a waterfall and you're thinking what in the world's happening and it's the greatest thing you'll ever experience. Folks, I'm too old. I wanna see revival before I die. Don't you? I wanna want see God move. Um, you know, in the, in the late 60s, very early 70s, there was something called the Jesus Movement. And if you recall, God got a hold of a bunch of hippies on the West Coast, the least likely people, and revival showed up. And I wanna tell you that the cultural signs of that day, everybody was doing whatever they felt makes them happy, do your own thing, Culture was out of control. Let me tell you something. If God can do it, the Jesus movement in the 60s and 70s, he can do it in 2022. We're just not desperate. We're just not desperate. So Jesus says to his followers, 
Okay. Let me tell you where the problem really begins. You know what the Bible says about murder. Jesus says, I'm telling you, it begins in your heart. It begins in your heart. Um, You know the retail industry builds into their revenue for the year. Some of you might be in retail. They build in profit from gift cards that will not be redeemed. So here's what they're saying. Brother Greg's gonna go to Bass Pro and give us $50 for a plastic card. And we're banking that some of whoever that card goes to, some percentages of those people that get cards like that will not go to the store and redeem it. So we have revenue without any outgo. We're gonna build millions of dollars into that. And it's not just Bass Pro, Lifeway did that in their retail business. It's sad when you think about coming together as the body of believers. Okay, we've, John, John Keener has uh, collapsed. All right, let's bow our heads, okay? Okay, we've got some nurses there. All right, Lord, we, uh, we, we lift up our brother. Lord, we pray in one accord that you would touch John, help him. God, we ask that uh, you would bring peace his body Lord we pray you have your way here help us help us touch John
So here's where we're at. With every head bowed, every eye closed. Does anybody need to come to the altar? If you do, come on. Somebody be a leader for the Lord. Amen. Amen. Come on, men. Thank you. Take your hymnal and turn to page 139.
verse 5. But drops of grief and every day the debt of love I owe. Here, Lord, I give myself away. Tis all that I can do. At the cross, at the cross, where I first saw you stand and I want you to just gather with a couple that are around you three or four around you and somebody lead in prayer let's lift our voices and let's pray for John right now okay
Let's pray together. Lord, we just come to you in prayer as a collective church this time. We've raised our voices to you individually. We've raised our voices in in small group. Lord, we just, one more time, we appeal to you for Brother John. We know how difficult this must be on him and on Shauna and and just the stress that this might bring upon them having these recurrent uh, health occurrences. And so, Lord, we just ask for healing for John, that he would be able to come out and recover regain his strength, not be discouraged, Lord. Help them to know that we love them so much and we appreciate their dedication to coming, that not even a health struggle keeps them from church. May that be an encouragement to those who are healthy and didn't come this morning, that, Lord, even those that have recurring health struggles are are making you a priority, Lord. So I'm thankful for Brother John. I'm thankful for Sister Shauna and their love for you, their genuine love for you, that worship comes first, Lord, so thank you for their encouragement to us as a church. We ask for healing for them, and we just thank you, Lord, for your goodness, that even through uh, the sicknesses and struggles of this life, you are good and there and present. So, Lord, we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You can go ahead and be seated. everybody who tries to assist and uh, we've got medical folks here so thank you thank you for that my concern is John's not going to wake up from one of these three things to take home with you this morning. We're going to bring our gifts to the altar. Write these down. Here's the first. Jesus says anger without a cause. Unjustified anger. Now there's justified anger when Jesus went into the temple. He said, you made it a house of thieves and robbers. My house shall be called a house of prayer. And I'll tell you what, it's kind of tragic, isn't it, that one of our folks going down drives us to pray. Unjustified anger is a gift that you can give the Lord this Christmas today. The Pharisees were always concerned with actions. Jesus is teaching. It's not just what about others can see. He wanted to shape our attitude. The attitudes of the heart. So this Christmas, it's not about what you can do. It's about who you are. It's about who you are. Now, in verse 22, Jesus is talking about an unholy anger toward people. I say to you that whoever is angry with his brother without a cause, it's malice that is nursed inwardly. And Jesus describes that that experience can lead to other things. Unjustified anger. 
without a cause. That's the first thing you can give the Lord this Christmas. Now, Jesus is also teaching us that sinful feelings are not excuses for sinful deeds. But sinful anger has to be dealt with. It's one letter short of the word danger. Solomon writes in Proverbs 14, verse 17, that a quick-tempered man acts foolishly. Proverbs 14, 29 says, He who is slow to wrath has great understanding, but he who is impulsive exalts folly. So, how do we address unjustified anger? First of all, we have to face it honestly. That I battle it. That I battle it. Proverbs 16, 32. He who is slow to anger is better than the mighty, and he who rules his spirit than he who takes a city. It has to be faced honestly. It has to be fought daily. It never lets up. The Bible says a fool vents all of his feelings, but a wise man holds them back. And it not only has to be faced honestly and fought daily, it needs to be forsaken quickly. And aren't you glad this morning that your sin can be forgiven? A prayer away. God can do anything. So he says, therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar and there remember a brother that has something against you, leave your gift, go your way, first be reconciled to your brother, and then come and offer your gift. Okay? One writer said, the best is not to be angry. The next is not to show in words or countenance your anger. And most of the time, when we do get angry, it comes out of our mouth or it affects how we act and live. Number two, bring the gift of unforgotten issues to the Lord this Christmas. Now, according to this passage, the disciples, they want to worship. Their heart is soft. But the memory is stoked, and Jesus says when you come to the altar, and remember, and remember. It's something that you continually battle with. And brothers and sisters, reconciliation is always a two-way street. You can't control what somebody else does. You can't control their response. But one writer got it right when he said, he who angers you conquers you. You have to do what is right. Do you know what happens with things that we don't deal with? Do you know what happens when there are unforgotten issues in our life that we don't deal with? First of all, we get cynical. And then, listen carefully, we get critical. Now, I think there are some people that actually think there is something attractive about finding something wrong with the situation and then making sure everybody else hears it. There is nothing Christ-like about that. Some of us need a spiritual filter. Some of us need a spiritual filter, and we need to say, God, help me. Help me pour into the room, not take away. And when you're critical, anger makes you a destroyer, not a builder. And when you're critical, your compassion is going to decrease Face it honestly, forget it daily, 
fight it daily, forsake it quickly. And then the third thing, when you give God your unjustified anger and unforgotten issues, Sandy, you want to sit down? Thank you. When you give God your unjustified anger and unforgotten unforgotten issues, here it is. He can heal your unresolved pain. Pain. And I recognize that the holidays and Christmas is not always a big party for some people. And brothers and sisters, God knows your pain. God knows your pain. And the good news is, he's in the business of helping us. God doesn't want to save you to rob the joy out of your life and suck the fun out of your life. He wants to save you because he loves you so much, that's why he came into the world. He wants to be your Lord and Savior because he loved you so much he died on the cross. That's why he came. God wants to give you hope. He wants to give you peace when you lay your head down at night, knowing that if anything happened to me, I know that heaven will be my home if I wake up. Jeannie said her sister Ava just did not wake up. And folks, if we're going to see revival, we're going to have to spiritually wake up. Life is too short. I mean, here we are, right? 61 years old. How did I get here? Life passes us by. Give God your unjustified anger. Give God your unforgotten issues. And give God your unresolved pain. That's the kind of gift he wants this morning. Let's all stand. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're here today and you're a Christian, thank God for saving your soul right where you stand. Thank him for saving your soul.